Coffee Carmen Connection is about being human. It's about you choosing to prioritize your well-being, putting the time in to strengthen your resilience to adversity, and being part of a community that holds you accountable and offers support when the going gets tough. Our podcasts bring expert insight and real-life experiences together for you to enjoy and learn what it is that makes us human and how to work with it. Good morning, Chloe. Thank you so much for coming to talk to me on Coffee, Calm and Connections podcast. I am really excited and grateful to have you here. Thank you. And I would like to start by cheersing with our, as you so rightly pointed out, Lion King and Hogwarts coffee, because it's about coffee as much as it is about calm and connection. (laughs) So I know you know, because we've talked in the past about what Coffee, Calm and Connection is about. And what it is about, just if anybody's listening that hasn't listened before, is about being human, being real, being vulnerable, because absolutely everybody has a story to tell that has some vulnerability to it. And I was talking to a clinical psychologist recently who described the majority of the population as the worried well. So what that means is, I don't know, if you struggle with anxiety, stress, depression, burnout, overwhelm, and there's a tipping point, isn't there, where that becomes unmanageable. And I know you fluctuated between that tipping point quite a lot. So, you know, I'd be so grateful if you would give us a bit about you, who you are, what you do, and uh, yeah, let us know Chloe. Okay, so I'm Chloe, I'm a veterinary nurse, and I am 27 and live at home with my mum, who I recently started caring for with a recent diagnosis of Alzheimer's. And that in itself is a huge, huge factor in your life, but it's not the only thing that's happened in the last 12 months, is it, that may have impacted you and your overall well-being? No. Um, So in April 2020, we lost my dad from coronavirus. It was then just after that, mum was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. And then just after that, in November 2020, lost my granddad to coronavirus also. Can you Um, tell us a bit about your relationship with your granddad? He was like my hero. Um, He would help me with anything. I could ring him anytime. I could go to his house anytime, any day. And he would just sort whatever I needed sorting. Um, He always had voice of reason. So he would think logically um, and always be able to sort it out whatever it was he always had a calm manner about him it'd sit me down it'd go through stuff it'd explain stuff and just be there through everything just help everything that I needed he would just it was just there it was just sorted it was just done like I know I, this might be putting words in your mouth but almost like a second parent mm, or third definitely. parent should I say yeah when I was younger um he used to take me on holiday he used to pick me up from school um, you spend a lot of time at his and my nana's house. Um, so, yeah, I would say they have a massive impact on my upbringing. So pretty shit year. Yes. Like if, if, if you just took that year, that is a hell of a thing to be managing. How does it affect you? I often, a lot of people have said, and I often think I've got tunnel vision. So I'll write a list of what I need to do. I get up and I just do it. I push my emotions to the side and then every now and again 
I'll just kind of realise what has happened this year and I'll just sit in bed and just feel absolutely exhausted and lost and lonely. How, uh, you say every so often, like I'd be doing that daily. So what's every so often? Weekly, monthly? Monthly. Minute by minute? <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably yeah. monthly. But you're incredible. A few days. Yeah, you're an incredible human being, Chloe, <laughs> incredible. Like, and, and veterinary nurse, I mean, that in itself is, is a ridiculously stressful job. Some of yeah. the stories you've told me about work and how do you do it? Minute by minute, like you said, just what do I need to do in these next 10 minutes? Yep, have I done it? Right, what do I need to do in these next 10 minutes? And just a list, everything. What do I need to do? Can I do that now? Can I need to do that later? Do you have any support? Um, I have a counsellor that um, work actually pay for um which she is an amazing support she is really good I only started with her a couple of months ago but I I do feel like she helps a lot I have a lot of really good friends um that live close to me and have helped me a lot and I've got a really supportive family um they just live a long way away (laughs) (laughs) say like 300 miles yes yes (laughs) (laughs) um do you know what support is one thing but it sometimes doesn't stop the loneliness so when you have your to-do list right and I and I'm paraphrasing because we've had this conversation before when you've got your to-do list and it feels overwhelming it's very difficult to find somebody to take anything off that to-do list but also I don't know do you feel a bit protective of that to-do list sometimes like it's your your crutch Yes, that's my list. And if I pass it on to anybody else, I'll have to check it because it might not be done right. And at the same time, somebody helped. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> somebody that's help, a... but don't help because I'll still check it anyway. <laughs> I'll be honest, I do exactly the same. <laughs> um, okay, so really, really tough year. Do you want to share any of the conversations you have with your counsellor or not so much? Has it given um, yeah. you any insight, I suppose, I'm, I'm asking? So she basically just asks kind of, because I'm still quite new with her, we're still talking about things that have recently happened and still going back to the past and things like that. But she's very supportive as in the way if something makes me angry, she seems to get angry with me. And he's like, yeah, that's wrong. That's not right. That's And that feels like support. That feels like instead of someone saying, well, maybe this person was feeling like this and that's why they've done that. She's kind of like, no, that's not on. And then it makes me feel like, yeah, it's not. Like a much and, stronger person. Okay, that's interesting. So her, it's almost like her validation of your feeling allows you to feel it properly. Yeah, because yeah. sometimes I think I'm just being too sensitive or overreacting. And then when she kind of goes, no, I'd be mad. Like, I agree. I'm kind of like, oh, okay then having that corroboration is is quite important I do that sometimes as well actually when um, I've noticed it about myself when I'm looking for uh, somebody to tell me that the way I feel or the way I think or the way I've just behaved is actually okay and I've done that exactly this morning I was having a meeting with somebody explaining a meeting I had yesterday that left me feeling a bit uncomfortable and I was trying to identify what discomfort the meeting had and then trying to justify that actually it was okay. And, and I, I found myself doing, I wonder how many other people do that. I'm sure we all do it to some, to some extent. Wouldn't it be nice just to go, I feel this way and I'm okay with it? 
because yeah. I feel it and therefore it is okay. Yeah. Some of the stuff I've been reading recently about resilience is about being able to feel the feeling without judgment. And I'm practicing it on a daily basis. Doesn't, you know, make it particularly easy, but it's an interesting concept. Yeah. Yeah. So talk to me a little bit about background pre-2020 COVID nightmare, family thoughts, behaviours, worries. So home life was never easy from being little. Um, Mum is a dependent alcoholic. Dad used to support me with that a lot. So me and dad were quite close. Like I'd go off for daddy daughter days with him. If I was feeling a bit rubbish, he'd be like, right, come on, let's go out for some lunch. My brother is also like my best friend. Um, He moved out quite a few years ago, Um, originally moved to Liverpool. He's now moved back, but lives in Leeds with his girlfriend. Um, They own their house. And I've always struggled. I think I've always struggled kind of with validation of thoughts. Like, am I feel, is, is this right? Am I doing this right? Am I feeling this right? Is somebody going to judge me for this? And I think at home, we did get judged a lot. If somebody, if I did something, if I went out or too late or something like that, it'd be like, you shouldn't be doing that. You need to come home. Um, and I think I've kind of grown up with that very strict routine of this is what happens especially with my nana and granddad as well they were always very to the book and strict and tea was at this time and you don't do this and you don't do that and you don't swear and I don't think I ever ever cursed in front of my nana or granddad um and I think I've always lived by rules and what you should and shouldn't do and how people are going to feel about that and so I've always learned to kind of mask how I'm actually feeling and I think sometimes when I've had the year that I've had that is hard because my default is to just kind of go I'm okay to keep going I'm okay nobody knows it's fine this is what needs to be done this is what I'm going to do that's really hard can you tell us maybe so you mentioned about your mum being a dependent alcoholic what impact has that had on you as a child your belief systems your own relationship with alcohol I do still drink sometimes um I do if I'm in a bar and somebody's really drunk I get really angry at it I'm like that's just ridiculous that's just stupid and if I was to go out and get really drunk I then hate myself for days after because I think I'm turning into my mum it's been hard because we always have to watch um, and especially as I've got older I've kind of realized when mum's not doing so well and we have to be careful with what alcohol we have in the house and since losing dad I now have to put a stair gate up so that she can't fall down the stairs because she has done previously um, so I think it's just kind of you grow up a lot quicker and you realize stuff a lot quicker and things go over in your mind like that's not what a normal mum does that's that's not normal and the fact that I've had to do a lot of stuff for myself and sort stuff out for myself because mum can't or she'll forget that she was meant to do it yeah from quite a young age um I'd say I first started realizing about 11 that something wasn't right when she used to fall over and be sick everywhere and stuff and I kind of just I was protected from it a lot I think my nan and granddad took me away from it and protected from it a lot but as I got older you you can't protect someone because they're going to notice you said um that your brother's like your best friend yes He's a couple of years younger than you. 
Yes, he is. Um, which I think also adds to stuff because he's moved out, he's got a house with his girlfriend and I'm still at home and he's the younger one. <laughs> so I think there is a little bit of, I don't know what the word is, jealousy, maybe? <laughs> maybe. Maybe it's not necessarily jealousy, but sort of, I think you maybe mirror it back on yourself to corroborate maybe a belief about yourself that that you have that I wouldn't have about you and I suspect nobody in the whole world would have about you but that's not that's not easy is it no no um especially recently with lockdown and stuff like that he can't just come over from Leeds to help me and he's got his own life so I struggle a lot with ringing him and going I really need some help because I'm like I don't want to burden him he's got his own life he's sorted he's out of this it's kind of I've been left with it so it's my problem so I'll sort it and I think that's when I end up going on downward spiral because I'm a bit like I've tried to do all of this and I can't do it but I can't tell anybody because then they won't think that I'm coping and it's a battle. Are you coping? Probably not no. (laughs) Today? Today um, yes I'm up so yes. You're up you're dressed and you're beautiful. Thank you. Inside and out. <laughs> but it's it's funny how sort of perception of coping is, for me anyway, it changes sometimes hourly, sometimes just daily. Daily's better because it's less of a yo-yo, but there are certainly days where it's hourly from absolute, complete overwhelm, uh, disproportionate perceptions of everything yeah. to the next hour. I'm like, yeah, I'm killing this. Well done yeah. me. It's exhausting. And you mentioned exhaustion as as, as something that, that you feel. Yeah. Just talking sort of about uh, your brother yeah. uh, and, and what you've just mentioned there. I know you've got some life plans that you're looking at doing. Tell me about those and then tell me how everything affects it. Um, so my boyfriend actually lives 300 miles away um, <laughs> at the other side of the country And the plan is to eventually, for me, to move down there. Um, There's a couple of reasons. One, it's where my close family are, that are a big support bubble. Two, job offers are better down there. And three, he actually can't move up here because of his job. So I can move, he can't. And we are planning on hopefully uh, moving in together. It's difficult at the time because one, we don't have the money. Two, I'm caring for my mum, so we need to kind of figure out what what that means if I leave the house um and three it's just a massive step to try and sort out during a lockdown yeah this the last the last 12 months have been like nothing you've ever read or thought about and actually just going off topic slightly I was talking to somebody yesterday who'd done quite a lot of research into the Spanish flu and the Spanish flu took three years to get back to normality Mm -hmm. Now, I appreciate the time was 100 years ago. Everything was different. But travel was a lot less. The population was probably about 2 billion, I think. And we're, what, 7 point something billion now? So, yeah, how this coronavirus plays out over the next year, two years is, I mean, vaccination's amazing, but it's still so unknown, isn't it? So trying to make any plans is really tricky. And then you add everything else you've just told us about. And uh, yeah, that's interesting. Yes. So have you got 
any things in your or sort of any tools in your self that is your fallback? Anything you found particularly helpful? Anything you can do when you're really, really low? Have you got anything that you um, do? Tidying. So I will clean the house, sort drawers out, go through my wardrobe, clean the car, sort the animals out everything so the house has to be clean my bed has to be changed and I mean I'll pull the bed out I'll clean all behind it I'll take my curtains down I'll re-put them back up anything I'll turn my phone off just just to keep going I feel worse if I got myself into bed and just stopped like I'd end up I don't even know like twitchy and tight chested and I feel that sometimes I just need to put my phone down and clean (laughs) Love a bit of cleaning. Have you? Do you follow Mrs. Hinch? Um, I don't know um, because I don't have really any social media. But yes, I have heard about her because the girls at work talk about her. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I found getting rid of social media was a massive step. Helped a lot. It's really interesting you say that. I'm at the other end of the scale. Obviously, I have to have it for work. But my kids are now starting to ask. And I, I'm trying really hard to get to grips with Twitter at the moment because I've never used it. But I just, I just find it toxic. And the toxicity that can come across from social media is, is intense. And how do you navigate that when you're already feeling, you know, not awesome? So I think that's incredible. Um, I just... I wonder, I've got no idea, what the, I'm going to say something, but it's probably a judgment of it, that the meditative effect of cleaning is. Now, I've judged it as meditative, but it could be distractive. It could be uh, a way of uh, displacement, could be any number of things. What What do you think it is? I think, and me and my counsellor have spoken about this, um, when everything's too much and overwhelming, the thing I can control is how clean stuff is around me. So it's like a controlling, my room's tidy because I've controlled that. All the animals are clean, my car's clean, because it's something I can control. Yeah. And I can, yeah, I think that's what, that's what me and my counsellor have spoken about. Because sometimes I'll get, it'll be like two o'clock in the morning, and if my curtains aren't hung right, I will take them down and put them back up again. Yeah. I mean, I found myself the other day, in fact, two days ago, furiously cleaning the um, utility room for no reason other than I needed some mental clarity. And somehow if my external surroundings are ordered, I feel more ordered in myself. Yeah. Yeah. I totally get that. But I feel like I have to do everything and I have to do it that day. So the house, my bedroom, the animals, the gar- I'll, I'll sweep the garden even in the middle of winter and clean my car. Like Everything has to be done. Okay, here's a question for you, and I'm not qualified to answer or understand it. It's just something that occurs to me from some, from knowing you, from the reading and, and my own experiences and, and talking to people. Is there an element, well, I suppose control brings in an element of sort of obsessive nature, and you've mentioned that your mum is a dependent alcoholic, so there's, you know, that's a, a bit obsessive in itself it's a is is there an element of that have I just made something up entirely I think there could be um I definitely think yeah I definitely think that there could be some kind of because if I if I want if something's annoying me like say I've got a mark on my wall or something 
I'll have to clean my whole room. And if I don't do what I wanted to do, I can't sit down and not do it. Like I can't say it got to 10 o'clock at night and I've not done all my jobs on my list. I'll keep going and I'll not eat. I'll Everything's got to be done. It is like a little bit like OCD. Like everything's got to be done in an order and it's got to be done. I, I can't go to bed until it's done. I tell you why I ask that question, because I wonder whether there is any genetic relationship with uh, sort of obsessive or controlling behavior. And if I look in my genetic line, um, (laughs) which may or may not have a crossover with yours, (laughs) there, there, there are elements of controlling behaviors or obsessive behaviors, whether it's, um, I don't know, whether it's alcoholism, smoking, compulsive eating, that type of thing. And I do notice an obsessive streak within me hugely. And one of the things I do, which is not dissimilar to what you've described is once I've decided on a challenge, I got to do it all now, yesterday, perfectly and faster and better and somehow more efficient, which um, adds, adds its own. In fact, a conversation I had with my husband this morning was, throughout February, my plan is to do five miles a day, which I've been doing for an um, end-to-end jog challenge I'm doing this year, hmm. five miles a day. Plus, I need to do a mile with my middle daughter because I've said to her, if she runs a mile every day through February, I'll give her £20, bribery at its best, I know. And then I decided actually what I should also do is a hit workout every other day. And I should probably start a nutrition plan as well. And after I'd listed all of this stuff to him, I thought, oh, is that too much? Have I, am I making this hard work? And he was like, <laughs> you think? Uh, so it's, it's just that, that piling things on. And actually, if I do get to the end of my list, I'll add another three things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Hey, interesting. I really appreciate how open you've been. And I know that this year's been nothing short of horrific and uh, the end's not quite in sight yet. And I, and, I, and I get that. But I also feel that you're an incredible human being and to be up and dressed and talking and articulate and managing the job and um, managing all of your caring duties is nothing short of heroic and I think you should sometimes tell yourself that you're awesome (laughs) thanks because you are go on say it for me just once no oh Chloe (laughs) (laughs) well I think you're awesome and I would like to thank you very much for sharing your story with us thank you Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Your reviews, shares and followership is incredibly valuable to us. If you'd like to know more about our work through Coffee, Calm and Connection and how we can support you, please email us at hello at coffeecalmconnection.org or follow us on social media. Thank you.